Videodrome has everything you'd expect from director David Cronenberg. Subversive themes, absurd body horror, and an unpleasant look at the human psyche. This was Tara's first time with the film, so let's see if we can decode the rogue signal that is Videodrome. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tara. Greetings, citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together and talk about sci-fi movie. We are in the middle of 80s season, and we are tackling Videodrome today, the David Cronenberg movie, for a couple of reasons. One, Tara had never seen it before, and she wanted to. Uh, good a reason as any. But also because we've done a few Cronenberg movies at this point, or at least... Well, we've done at least one David Cronenberg movie. <laughs> but we also did a Brandon Cronenberg movie. Yes. Yes, I'm confusing myself. But yes. <laughs> so yes. This will only be the second one we've done. But we will eventually do The Fly. And we'll eventually do Scanners, and we'll eventually do... Uh, existence? Existence? Is that how you say it? Existence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a few, there's definitely more Cronenberg in our future, not to worry, but uh, it was time to get number two out of the way, and Videodrome is, I don't know if it's arguably his most famous, but I feel like it's the title that comes up a lot, maybe it's because the title sounds more, like, yeah, unique. Yeah, some, some of the, I mean, honestly, the only thing I remember from this movie scene before is when they would show clips of it for the special effects mm. that was done for it. Um, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I had seen this before. It'd been a little while, though, so it was kind of a refresh for me coming in. Um, we'll start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do. Uh, the plot of Videodrome is kind of hard to describe. I'll just sort of say kind of how it begins, which is... James Woods is the, the lead actor. He plays a character named Max Wren, who is... He runs, like, a, a CD cable channel, right? This, this, you know, cable channel that shows mostly violent stuff and softcore porn. And he's looking for the next extreme thing. And he, he seeks out weird stuff from all over the planet to put on his channel. And someone he knows is, like, sort of tech guy that he knows picks up a broadcast coming from somewhere else that is just a show called Videodrome. That is just this torture show where people are getting tortured. There's no plot. There's no nothing else. Uh, but he thinks it's the next big thing. And he tries to investigate it and seek out what it is to put it on his his channel. And it kind of leads down a weird path, which is probably not surprising given that it's David Cronenberg. But it goes down a weird path. Let's just leave it at that for now and we'll, we'll get into it in spoilers. So uh, as per usual, there's a lot of body horror stuff. There's a lot of sexual stuff. There's violent stuff. It is very, very Cronenberg. Maybe the most Cronenberg movie that Cronenberg ever Cronenberg. So... Yeah. Okay. Well, Tara, you hadn't seen this before, so I'm very curious to see how you felt about it. I really like this one. I like this one more than I like Crimes of the Future, although I will say, Crimes of the Future seems kind of like a remake of this in a way. <laughs> okay, interesting. I mean, I like both, yeah. so I, would, I, I, uh, I have no... Uh, like, I... I think there's some similar themes, obviously, uh, that are sprinkled between them. But I, I, do, I do think the main focus of this is quite a bit different. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah. But I, I've always it's, been a... F I would say it's as much of an autobiographical flick as 
Crimes of the Future was. No, I can definitely see why. You're, that's why I'm saying there's definitely a shared themes because I can definitely see why you're saying that. It's about this this guy who's curating like extreme TV, which is kind of like Cronenberg, you know, making these extreme movies that are challenging and thought provoking. Or... Yeah, he even has to like sit down with it and be interviewed for a television series and how about justifying his violence. Yeah. And sexual if, content that he shows on his channel. If anything, that scene is probably the most direct. Like, this is just part of my life that I'm <laughs> I'm putting into this movie. Like, mm-hmm. maybe verbatim. Although I don't think David Cronenberg ever t- just turned and asked out the uh, the like psychiatrist or that lady. That's so funny. Yeah. Um. So I I like video drum quite a bit. It was one of the more. Uh, I think partly because I've just always liked the idea of like rogue analog, like TV and radio signals and like creepy mm-hmm. stuff coming from somewhere and uh, all that stuff. Uh, obviously, it gets it's a very open to interpretation film by the end because it's again it's David Cronenberg. Like that, that tends to be what he does. Not mm-hmm. always, but it tends to be what he does. So, but yeah, obviously the body horror stuff and the the, the special effects, the practical special effects, they pull some of that off are very impressive. Um, I like the tone of the movie and the overall atmosphere. Um, James Woods is perfect for this role. I don't think he's that great a person, but he kind of fits the sleazy, you know, morally corrupt uh, TV executive quite well. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Videodrome's quite good. Um, it's not my favorite Cronenberg movie. In fact, my favorite Cronenberg movie is not even a sci-fi movie. My favorite Cronenberg movie is A History of Violence. But, you know, that's... That's not my favorite. That's fine. What's your favorite? The Fly. Fair enough. I think a lot of people would pick The Fly. People like that movie. <laughs> um, but I'm also just not a fan of History of Violence. I like the music in this. And I like uh, kind of the... Just the, the vibe. Because even the way it starts with the flickering and the scan lines, you know, it, it, there's kind <laughs> of a mood that comes with this type of technology that I just really like. Yeah, it's, it is a difficult to interpret film. And, like, when you look at it holistically, um, I think the... You know, as you're watching it, the themes are very blatant, but um, I'm not exactly sure how I want to interpret the ending yet, so I'm looking forward to the discussion. Plus, there's so much, like, once you realize that we have an unreliable narrator, it's like, well, how much, like, do I feel like I need to watch it a second time in order to have, like, a thorough discussion about it, you know? Yeah, it definitely feels like one that will benefit from multiple viewings and sort of thinking about when stuff is really happening, when stuff is just kind of in the main character's head and and so on yeah yeah uh i mean i think like, some of the themes that are there I, I think what's impressive and why this movie's still very relevant is that it feels like everything it's saying about tv in 1983 it's actually just as relevant today you just have to swap out tv for social media and all of a sudden it's like ju- just as poignant it's this everything yeah. it's saying is just as valid despite the fact that we've moved on to a slightly different me- medium for it but well sure i think it still can be used for just media today in general still sure but I, like the stuff that it was saying like or the stuff that it sort of brings up was specifically making me think of social media and you know the spread of ideas like people being influenced and you know sure. I, I yeah. just the idea of being addicted to it and it having to be constantly fed to you for dopamine like that stuff like that's just social media in a nutshell like True. Um, also, the politicizing of everything felt very like just news anchors today. Like, oh sure, yeah. I thought there was a commentary on that in this as well. Yeah, because if anything, everything the movie's talking about has only gotten more heightened since it came out. In the same way yeah. that Truman Show kind of like 
mocked a genre that didn't quite exist yet, but now then the genre became <laughs> a thing. Um, nothing as extreme as Truman Show, of course, but the idea that it was kind of ahead of its time. This, in a weird way, is talking about the media of the time it was made, but everything it's saying has only become more and more true as yeah. as media's gotten more advanced and we're on it to the, even more direct in live formats where it's not just you can watch a tv channel now you're getting live updates from the internet constantly about everything you're constantly looking for stuff um and we might have reached the zenith honestly with stuff like tiktok where people are just watching 10 second videos because people don't have attention spans anymore maybe i sound like an old man now but like, I, I just don't get it like that that entire platform is just loud and obnoxious to me <laughs> like i don't get it yeah i don't know I haven't downloaded it because I'm afraid to. And not because China stuff, but because, like, I don't like having time-wasting apps on my phone. Oh, sure. Because I will get sucked in. Yeah, I will have it on my phone. I do post the odd uh, promotional thing for the sake of the, the content, uh, but I just do it on the web browser. I don't... I don't. I do not browse TikTok. Like I hate when you go to TikTok and it just starts auto playing the first thing, and it's just something loud happening. And I'm like, I hate this. Stop auto playing things. I hate <laughs> auto playing videos on any website. Just don't. Do Unless I have clicked on a video on YouTube, which, which obviously I then wanted to play. I do not want anything to auto play. <laughs> okay. I'm just. You know, I realize I probably sound ancient to someone who's like 20 right now, but I just it's all of it's annoying. I don't like it. You're such an old man with your tie. Hey, hey, hey. This was uh, this is enforced by patrons. Thank you very much. Uh, the tie tier on patreon.com slash TV. And we talked about this movie already. <laughs> I'm, I'm going on to the bit. Well, everything I was saying before is, is somewhat relevant in that this idea of like cycling through all these cable channels in the middle of the night is very much what the old TikTok was. <laughs> That's what people did in the 80s and the, the 90s for that type of fix it was just cycling through cable channels mm -hmm. so it, it, you know it it was an interesting comparison to make but yeah we can get back into the the movie itself i mean what else you want to talk about in spoiler free like do you want to talk about performances or i agree with what you said about james woods i mean like he was never well he he was always up there in the tier of actors like a tier of actors for me for a long time until his more recent maybe in the last like 10 years social media um, exp exposing who he really is <laughs> and uh, he's not a good guy from the sounds of it so but I uh, he is a good actor like he is fascinating to look at he's kind of a weird looking guy but <laughs> makes him more like relatable <laughs> he's got like a wiry kind of face you know very gone very yeah. intense eyes but it's also kind of full it's, a, it's, it's an interesting face <laughs> but he's but, believable right like yeah. he, he always passed he passes as this character who has to probably be a little bit of a sleazeball and um be a little bit of a dick um <laughs> it just uh, he plays it so well so natural oh yeah i mean I, I think first things first is that he's not a hero in this movie he's not like some no. guy you're rooting for in any way if anything there's a little bit of a kind of like a karma element to what happens to him because of who he is and what he does mm-hmm it just kind of happens to him in a different way than what he's doing to regular people. And so there's kind of a, yeah, karma is the best way I can describe it. Like a comeuppance to, mm -hmm. to it's an ironic comeuppance in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, I think 
I was surprised actually that how short the movie was when I put it on. I was like, oh yeah, it's only ninety minutes. Like, I, I don't, you know, I, that's a, that's a runtime that I assume is just for comedies and horror movies. I, I I very rarely see other genres hit ninety minutes. It's uh, it's pretty dense though. It's a dense ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah, you get to a lot of material in the ninety I, minutes. I love all the practical effects in the film. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean there's one particularly explosive scene that I was really. <laughs> compelled oh, yeah. by but also grossed out by yeah it's and this is probably one of his least phallic movies but there is at least one or two effects that do have a bit of phallic quality to them yep <laughs> so we'll get into those when we talk about the uh spoilers but uh you know it's, it's not free of of uh adult material you know there's definitely some discussion I, of yeah it's things. a cronenberg film i mean you yeah. get you get all the staples Plus, uh, just some horrific violence. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know what more we can really talk about without going into spoilers, just because it is, you know, it's, it's such a, like, a mystery film where it starts to unravel, like, what Videodrome is, where it comes from, and that's kind of what the main character's investigating. And mm-hmm. I feel like it is a spoiler to start really talking about any of the details of that. So, um, needless to say, it kind of explores the idea of like extreme media and people needing more and more extreme stuff uh in their entertainment uh, i believe the yep. phrase that's used early on is that we're overstimulated so we need more extreme forms of stimulation mm-hmm. so yeah and again that's one of the phrases that really felt like oh that applies even more today than it did in 1983 yeah you talk about porn no i just meant social media again but yeah sure <laughs> I'm glad you lowered the tone here, Tara. Very good. <laughs> yep. I mean, the movie's talking about that stuff, too. No, it is. It is. Uh, it's, it's a very, like, seedy little film. Like, you feel... You kind of want a shower after you watch that. It's pretty gross. Which is not uncommon for Cronenberg, admittedly. He tends to make you feel a little like you're... Like, you're, you're, you're it's like, oh, I'm, I'm suddenly aware of every every part of my body feeling something. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I must cleanse. I must cleanse immediately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so I suppose we'll just give the spoiler warning so we can get into it properly. Uh, so, spoilers for Videodrome. You've been warned if you've not seen it. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily a go-through-an-order type movie, just because, like, remembering the sequence of events may actually be quite tough without, like, you know, intense note-taking. So, yeah, like I said, the movie's pretty dense. Like the scenes go places pretty quickly too. Yeah, so I think maybe some of the different things we can talk talk about. Obviously, we have to talk about the character and like what, what happens to him, what Videodrome actually is. Um, I think just talking about some of the practical effects might be a sort of fun thing on its own. Sure. Um, you know, because I think the first thing that you really see, like a, that feels like an effect, is when he's handed like a a tape. Uh, I think it, I want to say it was a Betamax tape rather than a VHS tape, but it doesn't really make much of a difference. But it starts kind of like moving, like it's bubbling, right? So mm-hmm. it's like it's like a almost like a stop motion looking effect, and it's like, oh, what's going on there, right? And then that kind of comes comes back when his entire TV starts doing that, and it's really interesting because it's still because later on it's actual flesh looking, like they've made it look mm-hmm. like flesh, 
but the first time it happens it's still black so it's kind of like black but it's like you know jet black but it's got like veins are starting to appear and it's starting to bubble and it's like yeah. the front grill's bubbling and all the rest of it this might be the scene where he sticks his head into the tv because the the woman's voice is like trying to draw yeah. him in well i think it's meant to be very sexual oh yeah yeah He's i just... mean even like the veins popping out and stuff is also kind of a like a throbbing thing you know so it, I, it the whole thing is very like sexual a throbbing thing you say <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> um... i need another woman co-host <laughs> cindy where you at you can send or Allison. <laughs> I, 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 I'm well aware of what you're getting at. I just, I just thought it was funny that you were dancing around it. Um, yeah, I don't want to say penis, but... <laughs> Honestly, the thing that was the most phallic to me, other than, of course, like when he's watching the like the Asian show at the start and the, this woman reveals like a dildo that's in like a fancy container um, mm-hmm. with a very, very weirdly shaped tip. I don't want to get into it, but it just it was, it was a very elongated tip. Right, we can move on. Let's not talk about it. Um, but the thing that was the most phallic to me was uh, it's when there's like... It does the Freddy Krueger thing. Uh, you know, the, you know, the coming out from the wall thing. But it's like the, like his hand holding the gun, but it's coming from out from inside the TV. But at this point, the TV's turned into flesh. So it's like sort of stretching out skin. But because it's sort of like, you know, pointy shaped, it was probably the most phallic it ever got. Because, especially when it's shot. Mm-hmm. Because literally, when it shoots, you see like a sort of hole form at the end of it, and it was like, okay, this is like the the TV's the close ups of it were very yeah. um, <laughs> ribbed. <laughs> That's the word you went with. In honor of Art Lafleur and the Blob. <laughs> no, because like, see what it actually fires though. I was like, that is very phallic now. Like, it's, it's almost like it's intentionally trying to feel that the TV is like blowing its load onto, you know, <laughs> onto himself basically. I mean, that's what his channel was, right? He already had the softcore porn and the violence, and it's sort of a merging of the two and trying to be more extreme. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what he wants. That's what he's asked for. Yeah, and it's almost like he's literally like he's almost like. The TV's actually kind of reaching out to make love and like engage in the violence with them directly, you know. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it, so yeah. I mean, I suppose that leads us on to the the discussion, like you because know, it starts with him going on to defend his channel on this like talk show, and it's basically this is after he's already watched the first Videodrome. Yeah, he's watched video. the first pirate sort of like because they're basically just so t- all t- of this from now on has to be taken with a grain of salt. Like, what's real? <laughs> yeah yeah well this is the thing though like nothing in the movie like happens without there being some real effect on him so mm-hmm. you could argue that everything you visually see is untrustworthy but at the very least he has been affected so there's some truth in what's been said about the videodrome signal yes yes so you know do we but blondie wasn't really there blondie the singer blondie you mean Debbie Harry? Yes. <laughs> okay. She was Blondie, right? I don't know. She she must have been on the TV show. Like, cause, yeah, I don't know because they they I thought the TV used her image to seduce him, and they were suggesting it was from the very beginning. Yeah, but I kind of took that as everything 
after because so the first time we see her she's on the same like talk show as him she's sitting next to him and the host is asking her expertise because she's like a radio host who does she's like Fraser Crane basically she she does mm-hmm. therapy on on radio kind of thing and they ask her opinion a couple times and James Woods obviously or I should say I should say Max Ren Max like is acting you know he, he's, he's kind of throwing questions back at them she's saying they're overstimulated he's like well that dress you're wearing is very stimulating. And I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> but bold move to try and sexually harass someone when you're live on the air. Uh, might come back and haunt you. Um, but of course, like when he goes to see her at her work afterwards, like from that point on, I think it's when it's like, okay, like is she anything at that point on? I feel like she has to be there this first time. It's almost like he has to see her first so that the TV or the Videodrome then knows to use her image to like, corrupt him and lure him in right maybe it's hard to tell like she does have like many outfit changes and stuff like that um but i I don't know like the the ending kind of made me wonder because it it sounded like in the end it said that they were she had died she was like one of the earliest ones to get killed yeah it did say that no that's true i I still kind of thought that was after the first time he saw her but i i mean maybe i i guess i just took it that way because I, I don't understand how it works when he's sitting there turning to talk to her you know when the host is sitting there and well I mean it also shows that he like is replacing people with her image okay yeah okay True. so there could be somebody there just wasn't her alright yeah okay that, that that makes some sense that's I mean I'm not really that's the thing you started this by saying that you're questioning what's real and not real in this movie and mm-hmm. i don't think it's that important no probably not this uh, that, is fun th- this is this is not total recall where we can have a debate because fundamentally yeah we know some of this is unreliable but it doesn't really affect anything how much of it is unreliable in a weird way because all of it is kind of like open to interpretation of being accurate or not <laughs> yeah it's all about the manipulation of, yeah uh by, by the television yeah, so he has like these sort of steamy love scenes with her. But what's really interesting is a part of character analysis is that he's very gun ho about oh we need more extreme, we need something sexy and violent and like pushing the envelope. But when she starts watching Videodrome with him and reveals that she likes to be cut and like hurt and stuff during sex, and they do a little bit of that and he seems into it. Afterwards, when she's like, oh maybe I should go and like be on Videodrome he immediately like gets very defensive and says, no, you should stay away from those people. And I'm like, this is a bit hypocritical coming from you, given that you're like all gun ho about it. So it kind of reveals mm-hmm. him as being very hypocritical. And I think it kind of opens the door to like examining what he does to the general public is kind of what Videodrome then literally does to him, right? It's, yeah. it's, very, it's very, obviously not literal when he's doing it to the, to the public, but the idea that he's putting out these more extreme things, a softcore par and the, this violent stuff, and it's all just trash, right? Because he, he doesn't care that there's no plot to video drum. He's like, oh, this is great. There's no plot. <laughs> like, you know, at least most stuff you watch that has violence in it, at least oh, there's some framework to have a point to the violence. Nope. He's it's just, just violence for the sake of violence. Yeah, that's all it is. And he, he puts that in the public and the, the questions are raised. Like, are you like contributing to the way people think in a, in a poor manner? Are you manipulating them? Are you, like, desensitizing them to things? And this is a real debate, obviously, in the real world, that by and large, 
even though his response isn't very well worded in in the movie, it is actually the the, the correct one. And that most people who do enjoy violent things, I think us included, would say, "Well, no, it's it's not real, and it's like a it's a release. It's like you get to enjoy something that you wouldn't enjoy in the real world, and that's okay, yeah. right?" Um, but he just kind of fobs it off. He doesn't uh, like really take it all that seriously. He says he cares about it, but it doesn't really feel like he does. It feels like he's just kind of saying some PR it stuff. It feels like he has to be there. Yeah. And he definitely does not care he's more, or want to be there. He's more interested he's, in flirting with the, yeah, the psychiatrist. Yeah, with legs next to him and the, <laughs> <laughs> lighting up a cigarette on the set. Yeah. Um. So he's very hypocritical. And then what the Videodrome does to him is that it starts to manipulate him and makes him think differently and corrupts him. And you can't really feel that sorry for him because I'm like, this is exactly what you kind of were just doing to everyone else. It's just more mm-hmm. literal with you. Because uh, we learned the Videodrome actually creates a tumor in the viewer and it makes you hallucinate. Or it makes you hallucinate first and that creates the tumor. I think it was the exact order of the, the, the symptoms. But, you know, regardless. It's not a tumor. <laughs> But it is. It is in this case, Arnold. It's not a tumor. Arnold Orkin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's, that's history. Uh, that history. That's a crimes of the future. I'm trying to remember the name of this movie. They say it in this. They call it a new organ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, clearly, that's an idea and a motif that he's come back to. But then, then again, all the ideas in crimes of the future are motifs that he's had before. None, none of yeah. That, that's why I don't think it's specifically a callback to this movie because there, there are things that he's been playing with his entire career. Uh. You know, sure. The, There's just a lot of it in this that I recognized. Um, he, uh, you know, he he starts to see things. He starts to see really horrific things, and we'll talk about more of those. Um, he's influenced, and the that's that's the idea that Videodrome is actually something that's been created by a group to try and control people into doing things. That that again made me think of social media. The idea of targeted, like you know, like the idea of like seeing lots of right wing propaganda or seeing stuff that will try and manipulate him to vote in a certain way like i felt like some of that stuff was coming in but here was like they're actually getting him to kill people for him it's like hey we need you to kill these guys because we want to take over your channel and broadcast this evil signal to everyone that's that's all fascinating stuff there's actually a lot of depth to the like the intent of videodrome and what it is yeah and the fact that there there really seems to be two factions involved in this where they're trying to outdo each other um so well, much so that they 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 both use the same, you know, manipulated person to uh, turn against them. Yeah, I think what's interesting about that though, although admittedly, yeah, like the the good side, which I'm going to call them just for the, an ease of term, is that they do seem better. And so this Doctor Oblivion, who's the psychiatrist, who's also on the TV show at the start, but he's he's there on a TV screen on the set. He doesn't show up in person. And the big thing with him is we learn that he's been dead for like a year and his daughter's just like, he, he, was, he recorded so many monologues about various subjects that she's just, you know, using them to like make him keep appear as if he's alive. But we find out that he actually developed the Videodrome signal. And basically it's been used for, for bad, right? He wanted to do something good with it. He wanted to use it to make people better, which arguably still like kind of manipulative and bad. But it's been used now by, like, you know, the evil government or whoever it is to control people instead. And that's now what's happening with the, the villains who are in control of it and want to broadcast it. Um, so, like, 
even that, like how much technology, whether it be social media, whether it be, you know, YouTube, how much of it is made with like, oh, just the intention of being a Good platform. Yeah. yeah. And then someone uses it poorly, you know? How many things are designed for a reason and then like someone turns it into a weapon, you know? That's effectively what it's getting at, I think. Yep. It is the burden of progress. <laughs> Anything's a weapon if you really put your mind to it. Language. Language. Paperclip. Oh. We're going to MacGyver this one, huh? <laughs> I was thinking John Wick could do something with it, but yeah, MacGyver could oh, make I'm something sure he out could. of it. I watched that movie. It's yeah. very good. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's got a lot there to it. The only thing I don't like about where it goes with what Videodrome is is that I do think it loses some of its mystique as the movie goes on. Because when it starts off, it's like, oh, this is some sort of rogue signal coming from some other country. Like, what is it? And immediately, like, even the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, this is definitely real violence. Like, he's assuming it's fake, but it's not. This is real. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And the reason why it's this violent stuff, because the, the, the video drum signal that's, like, manipulating people can be in anything. But apparently, like, watching something violent makes it easier to trigger because it, like, opens, like, part of your brain up that otherwise is more closed off. So it's like, okay, fair enough. Um, but, like, I think as the movie goes on, it does lose a little bit of its mystique when you're like, oh, this was developed sort of, like, close by. And it's... Like, the mythology of these two factions sort of fighting over it is kind of interesting. But it's it not is, as... I think. So, I think so, anyway. Yeah, but it's not as creepy and mysterious as it was at the start of the movie, which is, like, oh, it's some other... Like, part of me almost wants this to go more like, uh, like more God told me to. <laughs> that part of me wants it to go down that kind of route. Well, that's always a good idea. <laughs> of crazy. But it's, 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 it's more of a, a, a structured kind of crazy, I guess. You know, honestly, it's, um, it's the blob, 50s blob versus the 88 blob, right? So <gasps> the 50s blob, it was this mysterious thing that came from outer space. But in the 80s blob... It did not come from outer space. But I think that made that more interesting. I see what you're saying. I'm, <laughs> I'm just at a loss <laughs> for how that compares to, to Videodrome. Because you, you want the uh, the Videodrome signal to be more mysterious. And we don't sure, have yeah, the answer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we do get an answer. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's relatively it's clear cut. It's closer than you think, yeah. No, I yeah, like it's a relatively clear answer. Uh, uh, I like that. I mean, the idea of maybe because I was thinking of Crimes of the Future when they were talking about the new organ, but mm. the idea that maybe it's not a bad thing, maybe we should maybe we should keep it, maybe it's our our body is changing, our brains are changing, the way we consume media is actually changing us, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's for the better? <laughs> maybe we shouldn't ignore? Maybe we shouldn't treat it like a tumor? Well, that's the other big idea that comes into it, is that, so once the bad guys, so we get this sort of businessman, what was his name? Ver... Ver... Something? Ver, 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 ver. I don't know, I can't remember his name. But sort of a guy that shows up who claims that he's going to help him, and he gives him this sort of big, weird VR-looking helmet to record his uh, hallucinations. And awesome. it turns out that, like, you know, he's obviously part of this, as is the guy that even helped get him the signal. He's actually been, like, a double agent this whole time to do all this testing on him. Like, So, so Max has been targeted. He's been a targeted victim of this mm-hmm. um, before anyone else. And the whole idea is that they're going to make him kill certain people, and they make him kill his like two like co-producers of the of the network. So we get this scene where he goes into his office and he shoots both of them. Um, we'll go back and talk about how the gun fuses to his hand because that is pretty cool, and I want to talk about it's it. Very but, Tetsuo. 
Yeah. But he kills them, but then he goes to see uh, Bianca Oblivion, right? The, the, the dead psychiatrist daughter who's been showing him the tapes of him. And she's like, look, you've basically developed new powers because of this tumor, right? You can do things now. You can use them against them. You don't have to do what they tell you because they've sent him there to kill her. And she's like, no, you can use this to fight back. They, they, they've you done this to you. You Neo. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Uh, so sure enough, like the the last chunk of the movie is him going after the people who did this to him. Mainly the guy who gave him the signal in the first place, and then the business suit guy who's also selling uh, glasses, and he's at like a a seminar revealing the spring collection. I believe was the mm-hmm. the thing. Um, so that that's kind of where the movie movie goes, and he you know he does he goes after them, and we'll talk about how he does all these things because they're all worth talking about. They're all kind of big set piece moments with effects and whatnot um but so yeah you've got that idea that he actually uses it for quote-unquote good arguably murdering people's not necessarily good but he he's able arguably. to like, <laughs> he uses it to, to to fight back effectively uh but the end of the movie just to sort of like talk about his character arc and how it ends is uh as he commits suicide you know he's talking to again nikki the woman that he kind of fell for at the start who then he thought went to videodrome and died but then it seems to be revealed that she was dead the whole time and it was just this was she was all a hallucination making him fall more into the videodrome signal Mm -hmm. um she appears in this tv in front of him and says like it you're you're now you have to become the new flesh you're already part of the way there but you can only actually transcend to the new flesh by killing the old flesh and the TV kind of like explodes, but as if it's like got like, you know, a body inside because it's like blood and like body parts that come out of it when the screen explodes. Yeah, it's very, it's an organic television. Yeah. Uh, so the movie ends with him holding his like fused gun hand up to his head and, you know, it cuts to black as he presumably pulls the trigger. Um, yeah, obviously like, we'll sit and try and interpret this and like what we think this means and what's happening because it is like a big ending that kind of, it's like, okay, this is making a point because the whole movie's kind of feel like it's building up to a point. And yeah. this is the point. But we'll, we'll have to try and decipher what that point is because it's not the most clear. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that he's been manipulated by both parties and then he thinks that he's on the side of good, but he gets manipulated one more time into killing himself by who he thought was the good side. But did he think uh, Nikki was the good side? Because he knew she wasn't real before. I don't know. I kind of read it more like this is like a a violent evolution where so obviously the first person who says you know long live the new flesh is Bianca because she sort of puts that idea in his head that you know you're this new thing you're you're a mutant right you're you're one of the X-Men you're not one of these normies anymore (laughs) you've changed how literal that is is entirely open for debate uh but I kind of, like, the ending to me, like, this idea he has to kill his physical self is that these ideas, because, like, I don't want to say that he's become just this, like, telepathic energy and he's, like, evolving into just a, a, a like, a, you know, he's... he's, he's like he's a evol- TV signal? Like a TV signal. I was going to compare it to, like, a, you know those, like, evolved forms we get every so often on the old Star Trek, which is, like, oh, they're, they're just, like, a... They're so evolved, they're like godlike beings now who are just like yeah. lights in the sky. Like the idea that he's just kind of become that. But yeah, he's evolving into Iron a TV Heart signal. And Babylon 5. <laughs> I was going to bring that up because you like to shit on it. 
It's silly. <laughs> it's not silly when Star Trek does it, though. I'm not even going to dignify that. I'll leave that episode of Babylon 5. Tara's, uh... Incorrect. It's an intense episode. <laughs> we learned a lot about telepaths that day. <laughs> but, like, no, I, I think there is th that kind of idea of it, but it's kind of sad because it, it's, it's almost like a... Like it's saying humanity's entering into this new stage, but sadly to go into it, we're having to, like, kill who we were before to get there. So, like... You know, basically, I think what it's saying is, is that once we've like went over a threshold, we can't really go back. Like once we're mm -hmm. in a world where we have, you know, social media, for example, to use like a modern version. Like once yeah. we're used to all this feed of information. Like how do you? Not so much social media, but how, do you like when your internet's down for a day or two? No. You don't know because it's like I can't just look something up. Like I've thought of something. Oh, I'll look it up. Oh no, I can't because the internet's not there. You get annoyed and you're mad. You like you get withdrawal. You're like, damn it! I need my fix. I need my I need connectivity. Um, it's true. I mean, we are really much more fused to technology than even James Woods is in this case. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Is that we are more fused to it and that we need it to live. It's a part of us now, and this is what this movie I mean, was already I can't getting tell at. How many things are controlled over the internet for me now? Yeah. You know, the, 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 that's the thing to go back to, you know, when he's first given this mission and they give him the mission to kill his partners by putting like a tape in his uh, stomach vagina. <laughs> oh, yeah, we haven't talked about that. That's a really cool scene. <laughs> well, yeah, because it comes up when he's watching the he's, he's starting to get paranoid and he's got his gun around and he's sitting watching the video drum as he's holding his gun. He's sitting topless, but when he's got the holster on and he's just he, he said before that he was developing a rash. So we see like a red strip. Yeah. On his abdomen. But then it opens up, and he puts the gun in, and his hand comes out, and then the hallucination, if that's what it is, open for debate, ends, and he's like, where's the gun? And it's like, yeah, it's inside like him. He can't find his gun. <laughs> it's, it's inside him. <laughs> uh, so then later on, when it opens up again, and the bad guy puts the tape in his stomach vagina, he then pulls out the gun like it's instinct, and then the gun starts to fuse with his hand, but it... Like, I actually think it's less interesting when you see it later on when it's just, like, a mess of flesh. I think it looks cool when it first happens, though, because it's very yeah, Borg-like. it's like the screws are coming through, the fingertips into his wrist. Yeah, and it's, it's got, you can see, like, the piping, almost like it's a Borg or, like, a yeah. Tetsu, the Iron Man type style thing. I agree. It looks better that way, but I understand why it needs to be more organic, like it is just an extension of an organ. Yeah. Uh, but it, obviously, I think that symbolism does make sense to me that, yeah, he he's so connected to his technology that even the gun is just part of him now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the gun has been used as a yeah, phallic imagery for a long time for a reason, too. So the fact that this one looks like an organ, mm -hmm. like he's got almost like he's got genitalia at the end of his arm, um, I think makes sense. Yes. Uh and again, I think when he fires it, when he fires it at his uh, his partners, which is actually quite a violent death. See, when it, you don't see the, the the shot landing, but when it cuts back to the second guy he shoots, and he's like sitting there, and there's just like blood squirting out of his head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's, it's quite graphic. He's not pulling it punches. It's so graphic. His brains pop out. Yeah. Uh, like on their own. Like it's but, a reanimator movie. <laughs> but much like when the gun shot from the TV hand, you know, when the hand was coming through the TV, it again looked more phallic even before because you can see like a hole forms when he fires it and it just kind of yeah. you know it looks like a it looks like a peephole <laughs> I'll just you know <laughs> say what it looks like this conversation is so stupid <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I think we're having a serious conversation, but we're not necessarily avoiding some <laughs> lighthearted shenanigans as we go. I know, I know. It's revert back to middle school. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think uh, those moments really live because the, the effects are so fun. They're not necessarily always the most realistic looking, but then again, some of this stuff, like, what can you say actually looks realistic per se? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, think it's great. They're all practical, which I think helps. I think if it was CG, it would look fake, even though you could argue, well, what does real look? Well, it looks like it's really there. And I think that goes a long way. Because if it was yeah. CG and it looked like CG, it would be like, well, it's just added on top. It's like cartoon, you know, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it would feel phony in that respect. I think this being physical, at the time they had no other choice because they had to do it physically. It's 1983. But I think if you were doing this again today, I'd be like, no, you do as much of it practically as possible because practicality is what <laughs> makes it feel disgusting. If it was CG, it would just look eh. You know? Maybe Brandon will have a, a sci-fi movie. Well, he actually already does, right? Infinity Pool. I guess yep. Possessor was also sci-fi we did on this channel. But, you yes. know, like more sci-fi like like David does. Yeah, we did Possessor. Uh, and we will do Infinity Pool sometime this year, I imagine. Yeah. Because the, the new hotness, the new Cronenberg hotness. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, well, there are uh, set pieces with us. Uh, oh, we have to talk about him. So when he kills like, the two guys who did this to him, the first one's the guy who gave him the, the, the show in the first place, the guy who like pirated the signal. He didn't really. He was just playing him a tape, as we find out. But his death is quite wacky. Uh, how's it the same plot as the ring? <laughs> you got to share the videotape, but don't watch it yourself. But he doesn't have to share it. He's <laughs> he's not going to die in seven days because he saw the tape. <laughs> they manipulated him into watching a tape that would be his demise. It wouldn't, nec- it wouldn't necessarily have been his demise. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. <laughs> well, yeah, by suicide. <laughs> suicide by tape. Uh, Sadako or... Uh... Samara in the American version didn't come out of the TV and kill him. I wonder, actually, I wonder if uh, the director of The Ring, the original The Ring, uh, saw this and was partly inspired by it, because the idea of something coming out of TV is definitely in this as well. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't think the plot's like The Ring, though. I think that's a... <laughs> that's a leap. It's not the worst comparison. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, obviously there's worse. You could compare it to Little Mermaid, but... Part of your world. Which is something we should probably mention, is that because he does watch some of the old psychiatrist tapes that also have the Videodrome signal, you could argue that he's actually had it from two different sources wanting to do mm-hmm. something different. Yeah, and that's true. It, and maybe that's why the daughter later on can kind of, like, sway him to the other side, because he's had some of, like, their Videodrome signal as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the the guy who gave him the tape in the first place, he uh, he actually goes to put in a new order. He gives him a new tape in his stomach vagina. But then James Woods, because he's in control, closes it. And then when the guy pulls out his hand, it's like a cube. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like his hand's been cut off and like it's, there's um... part of the bone's still there. But at the end of the bone where the hand would be, there's like a cube about the size of a Rubik's cube. No, it's it's like a it's 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 a type of bomb, right? That's used in warfare. It's like a grenade, but you 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 throw it, and when it impacts, 
Uh, I'm trying I think to think. It's a real type of bomb. But it's got a cube at the end, though, right? Yeah, it looks like a metal club, in a way. Yeah, but it's, there's a cube shape to it. Because that's, that's, that's what makes it look so weird to me, because it's like such an odd yeah. shape to be there instead of a hand. But yeah, obviously it does explode like a grenade. Yeah, absolutely it does. Because mm-hmm. uh, the guy like goes back in fear and screams and then explodes. And I'm like, okay, that was fun. That was a really good death. I don't know if it tops the head explosion from Scanners, which we've not done yet on the show, which we will, but uh, that, that is the primo movie person exploding scene. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think I've seen the scene. Oh, I mean, you've probably seen the gif, if nothing else. You've seen the, the little clip of the head exploding. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, whereas the, 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 the head guy, the, the businessman dude, he... Uh, he gets shot on stage, but then his body kind of starts to, like, bubble Morph. and, yeah, like, parts <laughs> start coming yeah, out. Yeah, they go full reanimator with it, like, his yeah. organs start popping out. I don't remember, like, I always remembered the, the gun fusion thing, and I remembered the stomach opening up, because it happens a few times, and obviously the stuff popping out of the TV. I did not remember all of this, like, more insane gore that happened with the people who were mm-hmm. getting killed. Yeah. That was surprising to me. And the only thing I've, I've really seen a lot, um, clips-wise, is the head going into the TV. Mm. When he's being seduced by the TV with the red woman on it. With Blondie. Yeah. I threw when you first said that, because I'm like, she's not blonde. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was when she was singing. I'm sure she was, but she's like a redhead at this. <laughs> she is. Plus, Blondie makes me think of Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, you know what you are <laughs> okay 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 well and I think uh, is there any other like gory set pieces we've not mentioned are there any other practical effects there's definitely some more stuff with the TV going all flesh like and yeah bubbling. it's pretty graphic when uh, when the henchman goes to punch him in the belly in the in the abdomen where the vagina is and stuff yeah. like that and he's reaching inside and looking for stuff and is a uh, and James Woods is like really, like just really going with the acting when it comes to the pain. Like it looks good. I love how literal you can like if you, if you want to just take this as everything's actually happening physically and it's not just in his head. <laughs> I love the idea that he's gotten a superpower to like morph a gun out of his like he, it looks like a normal hand most of the time, but he just like <laughs> morphs it into a gun. Uh, it can open up his stomach. Like it's it's quite a disgusting literal thing that's happening if it is yeah. indeed literally happening. But that yeah. is open for nightmarish yeah debate uh and honestly if you want to believe it's literal you can if you want to believe that it's mostly just in his head obviously he's definitely like something's definitely happening to his head if nothing else but Mm -hmm. uh if you want to believe that it is just he said or maybe you could maybe you could read this as all of it is complete bullshit and this is all just his brains being rotted by all the crappy watches and that's (laughs) that's the the, which doesn't feel quite right coming from Cronenberg admittedly yeah but... like what do you think the message is then <laughs> because clearly he Cronenberg thinks that there's a line and he's not crossed it I think if, if we're looking at this of like what Cronenberg's saying with this movie on a personal level I would say that um, maybe this character is less what he thinks he is and more what other people think he is so mm-hmm. he's almost like doing like a I'm fine, I'll write that movie where you guys think I'm doing <laughs> bad stuff. Yeah, like, it's almost like he's, even worse. he's saying, this is the caricature that you think I am. So I'm going to make a movie about, like, w- the monster you see me as. 
and kind of kill him at the end because I'm saying, no, he doesn't exist. He's dead. <laughs> and he's not as bad as the real violence. You know, real violence is definitely mm. worse. Reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or, or maybe, like, maybe he's saying, if uh, this is more of a sort of, like, uh, romantic way of looking at it, but maybe he's saying that, you know, his making movies is him searching for that like next stage that evolution to the new flesh and he'll never really find it but that's what the goal always is is to find that mm-hmm. uh and it's not until he's dead that he'll maybe feel like he's achieved it or something long I don't live know. the new flesh it's a great title it's a great statement but you think they should have called the movie that yeah nah videodrome is such a good title i like videodrome is good but like long live the new flesh because it, it obviously the sequel right like Candyman, farewell to the flesh well, <laughs> When they first bring the title up and like the psychiatrist is explaining what it means, or I think uh, Max is explaining to his secretary like what he thinks it means, or he's explaining the title, and he talks about how it's uh, you know a drone like in an arena or a battle. So it's the idea that, and this is, goes back into like the idea of like the good side and the bad side, like fighting with it, is that mm-hmm. it is literally the next like type of war that will be fought is in technology. And again, that's kind of true when you think about like Russian bots and stuff like like try to sway how sure. people think in the west and you know stuff like that um you know or even just the fact that there's a whole thing right now where the u.s government is going to ban tiktok if it's not sold because it's too much of a because it's owned by like uh china. someone in china yeah so like that is definitely a concern the idea of like viral sort of manipulation and warfare like yeah you know, this is obviously again it's more literal in that they're fighting for this man's brain <laughs> with video signals which is a little bit different but you know that's kind of what it you know again you can easily apply this to like stuff in the future or the present to us so all that stuff's really cool yep it's it's great when sci-fi pays off that way yeah and it's never exact it's never like oh they got every detail right but the ideas behind it are all completely valid being able to be a bit more prophetic and um able to to see the patterns and it actually yeah. plays out oh for sure uh you know some of the stuff that we haven't really talked about is like early on when he's looking for like where it comes from and he asks like uh it's not his agent that's not a role but it's this older woman who is like uh you know she brings him shows and finds out who owns them and tries to sell them to the station and stuff like that i'm not exactly sure what, what you call that role uh yeah i don't know but he, he wants this Content and he, provider. he asks her to go find it and she doesn't really want to but then she finds it and she's like you want nothing to do with this you don't want to go anywhere near it um and it is notable there's like a, one of these hallucination moments when he's had like a particularly bad hallucination he wakes up and he should be alone but there's like someone next to him in the bed and he pulls the sheet and it's her it's the older woman and like she's dead and she also appears briefly as well earlier on. I think it's when he's seeing uh, Nikki dance for him or something like that. There's a, a moment where it, it shows the older woman instead for just a, like one shot and then goes back mm-hmm. to Nikki. Um, and maybe the, the implication is what you were saying. Like he's actually seeing Nikki's face on her. So maybe mm-hmm. he's with her during some of these earlier scenes. That's, not, that's how I was interpreting yeah. it. Uh, and then, you know, the idea that like, she she was there to curate like the old media he de- dealt in, but he's moving mm-hmm. on to the new stuff. So she was like, not his conscience, but like, 
she she was there to like provide the stuff that was deemed acceptable in the old scale and he's moving on to the new flesh and all that stuff so he's he's sort of leaving that side behind so that's why she dies you know in a thematic sense uh does she literally die does he actually kill her that's you know because she's not there in the bed when the other guy no, comes. no i don't think so because he gets his co his co-workers to come check it out and she's not there yeah yeah for sure uh but yeah it is worth mentioning that stuff because again it's this idea yeah. that people keep warning and people keep saying hey don't go this extreme don't go this far and he has to he has to keep looking yeah i've decided long live the new flesh is gonna be my album name <laughs> very good alternatively you could read this as cronenberg like talking about himself and saying that he's playing with fire and he's worried that one day he might actually cross a line like yep. You know, he likes looking for the extreme and exploring how we think and how we approach it violence and sex. in this role, like, yeah. straight from the beginning. But this idea that the ending is, like, him saying that, you know, one day, you know, maybe maybe I will, like, cross over into, like, a territory I'm not comfortable with. And yeah. I hope it never happens. Well, this is more early in his career, so maybe he was kind of worried that maybe people are right about him. Maybe he is going to inspire people to do terrible things. Because before this, I mean, he'd already made Scanners, he'd already done Shivers and Rabbids, and, you know, so some of his notable films had already, you know, came, even though this is still relatively early, and obviously there's a lot of stuff he did after this, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, he really blossomed in the 70s, so this is kind of, this is like established Cronenberg, he's, I don't know if it's fair to say prime necessarily, but if the 70s was him rising and proving himself with lower budget stuff, the 80s was like, because uh, you'll notice this, this this was uh, released by Universal, so this is like a proper studio, and then the Fly remakes Fox, so like he was doing yeah. movies with proper studios in the eighties versus you know seventies where he's doing, I don't even know who owns like some of those earlier, earlier films, but I'm, I assume they're all Canadian companies because he's from Canada land. Yep, probably. I mean, didn't wasn't he working for a Canadian broadcasting company? And this CBC. Yeah, yeah I think I think uh, I noticed in the credits as well. It was like thanking, like I think it was filmed in Canada and was. I, I think it is technically a Canadian production, but it, yeah, Universal. Yeah, he's one of my people. Yeah, you sick freaks. A lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> Joy, you got this way. He's, he's been looking too much into the eye of the Okopogo and like yep. it's, it's corrupted him. You can't do that. It'll give you madness. <laughs> Yes, the Ogopogo is the Canadian knockoff of the Loch Ness Monster, everyone. Don't worry about it. Tara told me about knockoff. him. He's a knockoff. <laughs> it was there before the white people were there. <laughs> was it? Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's not a colonial Canadian thing. It's a native Canadian thing. All right, okay. Okay. Okay, the jury's out then and which one came first, but... <laughs> Ogopogo is cooler, though. First of all, better name. Second of all, what? it'll make you mad if you see it. That's why there's no sightings. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the perfect excuse for why no one's ever seen it, quite frankly. <laughs> Stupid Canadian myth. <laughs> Ancient. <laughs> That's why Canadians are so nice. Is because they want to make sure they know when someone's seen the Ogopogo. So they, they, if they're if they're being an asshole, it's like, oh, they must have seen it. That, that. <laughs> yeah, that's what we used to do. Um, that's where the Karens came from. 
<laughs> oh dear. Um, but yep, pretty good movie. That's a good movie. I like. I I I think it's really strong. I think it's on my upper end of Cronenberg movies. It's uh, it's better for me because because Cronenberg for me is hit and miss to an extent where i'd say i like more of his stuff that i don't like but there's definitely some that i don't like that much uh and i think this is definitely strongly into my positive side where i'm like no i like these ideas i think it's like touching on subjects and ideas that i am connecting with and i love the aesthetic because it's all about video signals and shit and i, I do love that stuff yeah uh and it, it does it's the sort of thing where you're probably watching it for this first time and going is this a sci-fi movie for like half the movie and then it starts doing stuff and you're like oh, okay it's definitely sci-fi now <laughs> it takes yeah. a little while to get the sci-fi a little alternate future also oh yeah i can see i can see that yeah I, it will i'd say it feels like alternate just like you know when it says like not too distant future, not too distant yeah, yeah it's, it's like right around the corner future kind of thing mm-hmm. that's what it feels like for sure um yeah so I think there's some interesting ideas with his character and like the idea that he's getting his comeuppance for for doing this, and maybe that's also Cronenberg saying, "Hey, if I really am a, a a kind of a force for for bad and corruption on the world, if I am doing something bad to people, then maybe one day I will get my comeuppance for for doing it." <laughs> uh, fa- fast forward thirty plus years, and his sons make it even more depraved shit than he is. <laughs> <laughs> the karma. <laughs> One day you're going to have a son who's just like you. <laughs> he's probably pleased with that. He's, he's, he's probably quite happy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he... Yeah. He, he was he was sculpted that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only reason why we didn't do Infinity Pool, by the way, when it came out, is because it came out at very different times. It's actually playing yeah. in theaters for me right now, and it was months ago. It's, it's long gone yeah. for me. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that later in the year when it's uh, readily available and whatnot. But, um, yeah. I am glad we did another Cronenberg movie, though. Uh, a good one. Good idea. Yeah. Very good. I'm happy to see this one, finally. Yeah. I'm a little less embarrassed about my list of unseen movies. <laughs> a little less. So... Still gotta do Godfather 2. <laughs> well, we can't do that on Ace, so there's nothing sci-fi about it, I'm afraid. Uh... But, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, maybe I shouldn't sit and say what I, my favorite Cronenberg is and sort of rank them because maybe maybe one day there'll be enough to do like a top 10 or something like that, but... Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I say enough, I mean when we've talked about enough of them, not that obviously he's made enough to have a top 10 already. Uh, most of his career, of course, has uh, already passed. Not that he's done, I'm sure he'll make maybe another movie or two before he's properly finished, but... Um, yeah, I, 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 do, I do like video drum quite a bit. Um, so, yeah. What are you going to rate it then? I don't go first. <laughs> you know this, Tara. I think... Um, I do really like this one a lot. I think it was fun to talk about. It was definitely fun to watch. And, you know, I like Crimes of the Future. I didn't, I didn't really love it. I, you liked it much more than me. I did, yeah. Um, I think this is like the perfect amount of Cronenberg that I enjoy. You know, like it's just the right amount of gross, just the right amount of intrigue, just the right amount of like good characters that you're watching. Um, I don't know, it's just like all the all all the violence and stuff is is 
kind of, you know, it's funneled into these specific moments. And uh, I, I like it a lot. So I'm going to give this one an eight. I really like this one. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I would say, I would say this is more Cronenberg than Crimes of the Future is, which is why I'm not sure what you meant when you said this is the right amount of Cronenberg. It's obviously you're saying there wasn't enough in Crimes of the Future. <laughs> no, I think there was too much in it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel that way. But I mean, that, that's that's fine. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I like Crimes of the Future a lot. I think this, I would say, feels like I think Crimes of the Future has a really specific tone that I like. It's got a really kind of heavy, dramatic tone, whereas this movie feels. Uh, more just sort of like of its time in the eighties, and then it gets weird as it goes. You know, as as the weird stuff starts like to that. happen. I like the I like the look of the film a bit more. Oh sure, uh, yeah. But I like it. I actually rate it the same. Eight out of ten is exactly what I uh, feel about the Drum. I think it's a really solid, great movie with mm-hmm. very memorable moments and effects. It's one that you know I don't think you can definitively say it's definitely saying this, but there's definitely a few things that come to mind when you're watching it. Um, and arguably it will be even better in a second viewing when you've got some of those already in your head and you're sort of looking for the clues and, you know, does these ideas that I had match up with all these scenes, uh, you know? Yeah, I took a chance and I purchased it, so ah. I'll be able to watch it again. And you could argue as well that the idea that, um, you know, the professor who helped design it, who is already dead but living on via, like, monologues and stuff, you could argue that he was, like, he'd already, like, transcended into the new flesh, like... Max does at the end. Mm. He he's almost like the the foreshadowing of like no you, you don't die just because your body's dead like you keep living in media mm. and that's also something you could talk about with social media is like you know people die but if they've been posting stuff on social media for years it's like you can go and like look at what they were saying and like images they were posting for you know potentially decades depending on yeah. you know when so uh it's fascinating or hell even us making podcast like how many hours of us talking about movies exists on the internet now too many <laughs> too many are not enough <laughs> the people will decide there's always going to patreon there's always more movies <laughs> oh yeah patreon nice segue tower <laughs> patreon.com slash mail plus tv you can support the show and all the content over there uh by uh giving money every month that's how patreon works i, don't, I, I sort of put myself in a corner with that sense yes yeah, patreon you give some money you get some things in return but mostly you just support the content and keep and make sure that it keeps coming but you get some bonuses every month there's a bonus episode at the three dollar tier uh you know we've done what was the last one we did space mutiny was the last one we yeah, did. yeah that was uh, so much fun coming up next time i believe we're going to do species two sometimes we'll do like the directed video sequels of stuff that we did uh-huh. on the main show we already did species 2 did we yeah okay species 3 then <laughs> we decided a, spe- a species movie would be next okay the, the third one <laughs> if we aren't in the second one we'll do the third one that shows you how memorable it was <laughs> like, do you remember for... him shooting his 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 head off and then the cgi oh yes oh i remember the wheelchair but i don't think about it yeah okay 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 yeah we'll do species 3 <laughs> next uh, as a bonus episode so yeah, bonus episode the $3 tier. The $5 tier, you get Meltdown, which is just a show where we get together once a month and talk about all the movies we've been watching. Not sci-fi, just all the movies we've been watching that weren't for review. So I don't talk about anything that I've talked about on this or Screams or, or Collector's Cut. Just everything else. Yeah, get, get to know us a little bit better. 
Plus we do a, a little sci-fi quiz with each other uh, and see how how we fare. So, uh, and obviously you get bonuses for the other movie shows as well on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. So go have a look, see if you're interested. Uh, but of course you can support us for free by liking, subscribing, uh, commenting, all these things help. Giving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. All those things do help. Tara's trying to help, but she's making a ruckus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hit the I hit the microphone. Yes. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's okay. It's the end of the what show. What are we doing next time? We're winding down. Uh, oh, we're doing a vote winner next. Actually, that's why they are Patreon perks is that everyone and the vo- voting tier, which is a higher tier, it's a ten dollar tier, but you get to vote between three movies every month. And for eighty season, we had a very competitive vote between three eighty sci fi movies, and the winner, which we're doing next time, was Escape from New York. So Whoa. we got some carpenter. carpenter. What? Yeah. Did so. he do the music for it? It sounds like one he did do the music for, but I actually think I remember that he doesn't. I'm being surprised that he didn't because it sounds like mm-hmm. one of his scores. Okay. It's got a good main theme though, so we'll see how it fares. Um, I love, I've never seen it. I love John Carpenter, but I will say I'm always a little disappointed when I watch Escape from New York, so we'll see if I still feel the same way. Okay. Next time. We'll see. Uh, <coughs> on paper, sounds amazing, but something, never, something doesn't click for me with it. But, yeah, okay. we'll see. We'll see how we uh, how we feel. Uh, I am looking forward to watching it. It's an easy enough watch, if nothing else, so I'm looking forward to watching it and talking about it. So, uh, But that has been Videodrome on the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies. Keep watching sci-fi and computer. Reach into your stomach vagina and add salsa.